I was getting, I was getting a lot of no letters, and I kept some of the letters because it was like motivation for me. I was young in my coaching career. I did know that those guys I was coaching, this was their one opportunity. If you really want the players to like you, just make them better. If I want to keep playing this game, you know, as a job, I, I have to continue to get better at that. You have to figure out a way to carve out some value that you have that you can bring not only to your team, but also your profession. It's really good information, and I pick up little nuggets all the time. For me, it's all about confidence, man. You, you have to have confidence to be a shooter, to be uh, a basketball player in general, and to have success. You, you, it's all about confidence. If they walk a mile in my shoes, then they can bow like I do. But my game different, not the same with it. I travel now, y'all just change, pivot. Shooters, welcome in to another episode of the Shooters Touch podcast. I think we're going to call this the start of another season. All I know is this is episode 132. We've had a ton of fun doing this. We appreciate the support, all of you listening, all of you that comment or give feedback. Uh, we, we really do appreciate it, and we do this for you, and so thank you. Uh, today we have an awesome one. Um, before we get to that, though, basketball season is officially underway for the girls in our great state. Um, many of the colleges tipped off would be yesterday, Monday, and practice started yesterday for high school teams, and so we're going. Uh, we're a week away from getting the, the boys and the men going as well, and so hopefully you are just as excited as we are to get another basketball season underway. That also means an episode of Hoop Troop will be coming in the near future as well, so be on the lookout for that. All right, let's turn to our guest today. He is a state champion, defending state champion, has an opportunity again this year uh, to make another run at trying to go back-to-back. Pressure in which that he's welcoming, and uh, as you've read for the title, you probably know who this is, but it's Brandon Schwab. He is the head girls basketball coach at Algona Garrigan. Back-to-back, second-place finishes, and then getting over the hump last year and winning the state championship in Class 1A for the girls, and uh, he returns his two his two big stars, and so like I said, they are primed to have another good run and another good season. He brings up uh, actually an interesting schedule twist that I was unaware of, and so that was cool to hear um, what they're doing to continue to challenge those girls and continue to get better. And so this one's a lot of fun. We hope you enjoy it. As always, shoot or shoot. I got the shooters touch. Can't nobody shoot like me. Fourth quarter down three, need a two and one. Better call on me, better call on me. If you know you need a Well, Coach Schwab, welcome to the Shooter's Touch. Thanks. Thanks a lot for having me. Uh, I love what you guys do. Listen to a lot of episodes and uh, fun to actually be on, the, uh, on this end rather than the listening end. Uh, so it's a lot of fun. Well, good. We're excited to learn a little bit about you and uh, your story before we get uh, too deep into this. What's what's home life like? What do you got? I know you got a couple kids running around. So tell us a little bit uh, about what's uh, back at home. Yeah, I've got uh, uh, my oldest son is the freshman this year. So uh, um, he's getting ready for just got done with football season here, you know, a few weeks ago. And uh, boys basketball open gyms have been uh, ramping up. So he's been spending a lot of time doing that. And I've got a fifth fifth grader at home too. So uh, both just started his uh, fifth grade uh, 
um, travel team for school ball here uh, on Saturday morning. We had our first practice, so getting that going too. And uh, my wife, Sarah, she's a uh, dental hygienist in town. And uh, right now they're winding down for the night with that daylight savings time. Uh, you know, it actually being a little an hour later, kind of that first week takes a little to get used to, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. We were talking a little bit about that off air and they, um, especially so my kids younger than yours, they, they have no clue. They didn't even realize of what uh, what happened today. So it just made it a really, really long day for mom and dad um, on this end. That's for sure. But uh, so practice. So this will come out Tuesday, but uh, we're recording Sunday night. Practice starts tomorrow. You uh, you excited to get back out there and uh, defend that title? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, always look forward to this first week. You know, you've got no interruptions with the boys practicing, you know, so that's always nice as the girls coach. We get that first week of not having, we literally can go to whenever we want and we don't have a team kicking us out. So it, it's pretty quiet in the gym and uh, you can get a lot done that first week. So yeah, really excited to get that going. I've started practice plans, feel been working on them for all fall long, but now finally getting them together uh, on paper to make sure we've got a productive first week here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely, like you said, that first week is always a lot of fun uh, because you, you don't have anybody pushing you out and it's just kind of exciting to get get things going and, and running. But uh, I probably actually should have led with this, Coach. I want to know, when I, when I say um, two words, tell me the first thing that comes to mind. Uh, Newell Fonda. Uh, great rivalry with us. And, uh, we've had a lot of good battles through the years and, uh, you know, those are always fun games. I mean, they're one of the, you know, best, uh, um, programs in the state of Iowa and, uh, they do such a great job every year of having such great, uh, kids that play in their system. And, uh, we've always had some really good battles. That's for sure. You guys have had some battles, that is for sure. Um, obviously, highlighting um, last year's run to the the championship and um, meeting them again, and uh, this time coming out uh, coming out on the right side of everything. How did uh, how did it feel for you? Was it now? Be honest with us. Was it more excitement or more relief to go ahead and uh, be able to the ho ho hoist the trophy after? Um, three straight appearances in the finals. You know, it was, it, it was excitement. You know, when it gets done, you look back and you're like, oh, I'm so glad that that happened and a little relief. But at the time, you know, I mean, it was full excitement, you know, it just uh, to be able to uh, bring a championship back to Bishop Garrigan was a lot of fun. And, you know, uh, um, like you had said, you know, we had been so close the previous few years and, uh, you know, and just come up on the short end of a two great title games that we ended up getting second in, but they were great games that could have went either way, both, both years and uh, just came out up on the short end, but uh, just was just so excited for, you know, the players and, you know, the ex players that, you know, got second those couple years, they were all in the stands, you know, they, they really wanted this for, uh, for the program and everything. So that's, you know, just, a lot of excitement once, once it happened and uh, just a, a moment you'll never forget. That's for sure. Yeah. That'll be something that uh, you and your players, obviously most importantly, but uh, your fan base and your community will definitely, um, definitely remember for a long time and uh, we'll get to it, but uh, fingers crossed that uh, have another shot at it um, again this year. 
Um, so with the first trip back in 2018, right? So you guys made state um, yep. um, with you coaching in um, 18. Um, fast forward from 18, um, obviously uh, matched up with a really tough uh, Springville team in the first round who ended up becoming state champion. So that experience from what you learned from 18 to those two trips uh, to second to um, now kind of becoming an old staple down at uh, Wells Fargo. Uh, what do you think has been the biggest thing that maybe you've changed from your philosophy or maybe your routine or what you've done from that first trip in 18 where maybe there's a little bit of deer in the headlights to now kind of being consistent and knowing what to expect when you get down there? You know, I, I and, and, you know, the expectation changes a little bit too, as you know, in 18, we upset a Kingsley Pearson team at the buzzer. We hit a three at the buzzer to put it into overtime and they were ranked fourth. And I think we were ranked 14th or 15th in that regional final. So we were the underdog, you know, so, you know, us going to state in 18 was, you know, just, us being there was exciting. You know, I mean, yes, it was, you, you obviously want to make a run. In reality, Springville was a lot better than us that year. And, uh, um, and, and it was just, you know, we were about um, just excited to be there. You know, flipping to, you know, the last uh, three years, um, you know, I guess our goal has changed as far as, you know, Yes, we want to get to the state tournament. That that is a goal. But then we reassess, and you know, and we play it. Well, you know, uh, and our whole goal is to make it to the weekend. You know, and uh, doing everything we can to make it to the weekend. You know, from you know from eighteen to now, I would say one thing that we've we've tried to loosen up is you know making sure the players really enjoy the experience and, uh, you know, not make it business-like when you're not needing to be business-like, you know, I mean, making sure when you get in the arena, kids need to be able to walk around, have some fun. I mean, uh, joke around with each other. And, and, and we try to make it as relaxed as atmosphere. We go to the mall, we, you know, hang out as we can. We know when we're in the gym practicing, that's when it's serious time. When we get into the locker room, you guys are having fun until coach comes in for that last talk before we go in, and then it's serious time. So, you know, really just trying to keep them as loose as we can um, um, and, and making sure that they're really enjoying it because, I mean, they'll never understand until they get, uh, you know, older how many teams have worked their butt off that don't get to be where they're at. You know, and, uh, you know, to be fortunate in four out of the last five years to be, you know, playing down in Wells Fargo Arena with, you know, two state runners up and a state championship is is just crazy to think about, you know, um, but, uh, you know, we're very fortunate and uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun, that's for sure. Yeah, it's definitely something that uh, don't want to take for granted, um, you know, even when you know, like you said, it's something that uh, 
you, the expectations have obviously changed and what you guys expect from yourselves um, as a program. Um, same thing goes with the community too, as, what, as far as what they're expecting from you, but you still can't take that for granted. Like you said, not everybody gets that opportunity. Um, and so make the most of it while you're there. Uh, and so one of the things too, that's, I know that's changed uh, for you guys um, from an expectation standpoint, it comes a little bit with scheduling too. So obviously you guys have, I know, beef, beefed up the schedule. Uh, I haven't seen it this year. I don't know. Do you guys play Newell again? Is that something that uh, you guys are going to play Newell Funda in the regular season or not? Uh, unfortunately, we don't play them this year. Um, we had the opportunity this year. We got invited up to uh, um, University of St. Thomas for a Thanksgiving tournament. So we open up with nationally ranked Hopkins on Friday night that's got three signed D1 players in their starting lineup and then we uh so we play them on Friday and then we uh play uh, Providence Academy on Saturday which has Maddie Greenway Chad Greenway's daughter um she's uh they won the state title in 2AA last year with her as an eighth grader and she's got over a thousand points and she's yet to play a freshman season yet so she has uh, a state two state appearances a state title and she's a freshman this year uh got offers from all over the country, University of Iowa, Iowa State, you know, all, all the great colleges. So with that, you know, we got invited to that and I had only two openings on my schedule. Well, Newell was one of the ones that was up from our two-year contract and then the Iowa City West game that we had going down to Cedar Rapids and playing in that rival Saturday. So those are the only two openings we had on the schedule. So we, we had to, I've always wanted to do this and we, it was a cool invite to get, and it was the only way to free it up. So uh, we did that for this year, which, uh, you know, um, it, it, it should be a lot of fun up playing some unbelievable talent up in Minnesota. That's for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. That'll be that'll be a ton of fun to see kind of how that goes and just a great yeah. experience uh, for the girls. Um, I mean, you mentioned it, too. I know that uh, you've really tried to I mean, whether it's playing Newell or playing Iowa City West or I know you've come down and played Valley. Um, you know, you guys you guys aren't afraid to go out and play anybody and everybody uh, in hopes that uh, obviously you sharpen the tools a little bit in the toolbox to be ready come March and uh, obviously that has been a formula in which that has been super successful for you guys and I know it's something that you want to keep your kids challenged but also motivated too I mean there's only you know so much you can learn from a 40 point blowout and so going and understanding how to deal and handle different situations is something that uh, it is is really important so what so any other so that's awesome so then do you have is does that kind of take the place of most of your non-con excitement this year or anything else on the schedule oh we again we had we had signed a two-year like last year we played dyke new hartford to end our regular season and we go to dyke new hartford to end our regular season again this year so um uh so that that is uh definitely a uh a big game with them coming off of a two-way state title and uh you know uh, and that was a good one you know that uh so the the two minnesota ones the uh um Dyke New Hartford. Uh, we always play cross rival Mason City Newman on the other side of the conference and then the crosstown game with Algona Public, you know, with 16 conference games, you've only got five that you can do some wiggle room with. So um, we were really lucky to, uh, you, you know, beef it up as much as we, we, we can. We 
You know, we've always, um, one of, when I got into coaching, Larry Niemeyer had always told me, um, and he was a Hall of Fame coach at uh, Cedar Rapids Jefferson, um, always do everything you can to make your team uncomfortable in the regular season. And don't be afraid of losing. Don't be afraid of make your kids uncomfortable. And, uh, you know, and that's what I've always tried to do since uh, I've been at Garrigan. And when I was at Benton Shellsburg is just, you know, how tough can we, can, can we schedule, you know, and even if it's going to take us out of our box, that's not a bad thing for sure. What um, you mentioned making them uncomfortable. How does that uh, also apply to practice? I know, um, you know, trying to find ways or drills or ways to keep things competitive, make them uncomfortable in practice. Um, how, how are you able to do that? Obviously, smaller schools, you don't, you know, have the huge numbers and it's hard to simulate in practice. But uh, what are some of the things you're able to do in practice that uh, kind of helps feed that um, level of growth and uncomfortableness? Um, yeah, you know, pretty much everything we do in practice, there is, there, there's a winner and loser and it's competition. And, you know, we, we've been blessed with the last few years of having some very outstanding players that uh, it's in practice a lot. We can't put them all on the same team. I mean, you can't, uh, you know, run a lot of five on five when you've got uh, three All-Staters running against your JV squad. You're going to look real good in practice. So, you know, when we get into the district time, we have the JV boys team come in and we have the boys team practice against us when we get to the district time. Um, some kids that maybe be on the freshman, sophomore years at uh, teams that their seasons are done. You know, we had them come in last year and really just, uh, you know, give us a physical boy look to us when we're getting into the district play and down at the state tournament. And that, that, that I feel that has helped us in the, you know, just uh, trying to make everything, you know, we, our best players rarely play on the same team in practice, you know, I mean, other than if we're working on some half court execution sets, but, you know, they're always, when we go four on four on four or five on five on five, our best players are always split, you know, and, and getting younger players playing with uh, our better ones, I feel has made our program better when you're able to, if you're just a girl on the freshman squad and you're able to play with an all-stater, you know, you on the same team, they, they obviously demand more out of you. You obviously want to do everything you can not to disappoint that player and play to that level. And I feel that has helped us continue to uh, build and, 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 you know, replace our seniors year in and year out. Yeah, always – Maybe not always, but, you know, when you have, like you mentioned, all those all-staters, it's always kind of hard to to make practice competitive, uh, you know, especially maybe at a smaller school and stuff like that. But it sounds like you have that figured out um, uh, with obviously some of the boys coming in, you know, helping that, helping that, uh, helping those girls progress uh, here in their career. So um, one question here about uh, fifth grade, are you, um, is that something you're coaching as well? Are you coaching him? I am. I am coaching the fifth graders. You know, I, I did my freshman son all the way through, started in the third grade, and now he's a freshman. So uh, uh, kind of a nice relief not to run two teams. Uh, last, uh, you know, the last few years, I've, I've ran my oldest Carter's team and my youngest Collins team. And 
that gets a lot, you know, and plus, <laughs> you know, running a varsity team. So it was, you know, every Saturday in the gym, taking kids and stuff to different uh, events and then still trying to uh, um, make sure that you're staying on top of your varsity stuff and, and program stuff has been a lot. So but I've graduated one team. He's off to the high school, so uh, they can do his, their thing there. And I'm, I'm down to my fifth grade son's team, which is which is exciting. Yeah, I know that uh, I just actually started that uh, here this season um, with my second grader. So I'm uh, running a team. I know Brian's done that before. So, uh, yeah, definitely an interesting, uh, um, interesting thing to do. What uh, is there? Is there one or two things that you would say you've learned from coaching those younger teams that has helped you helped you coach high school? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, patience is one. You, you've got to be very patient. Number one, you know, uh, um, you know, it's the small things that, uh, um, you see improve each year out of, out of the players, you know, uh, mm -hmm. we started them both in third grade and, 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 you know, patience is, and, and just having to go back to complete fundamental things, you know, when we get down there, we, we work with the youth on dribbling and form shooting for the first hour of every time that we work out. I mean, we just form shooting, shooting drills, dribbling, and passing is all of that. Usually never let them go up and down till the last 10, 15 minutes. You know, that's what our weekend tournaments are for, to get them to go up and down. We, we really try to bust a lot of skill work during practices, and um, you know, we, we've got a couple good groups there, so that's that's been fun. Yeah, refreshing to hear, you know, I think that there are so many youth, uh, whether that be, you know, AAU teams or, you know, youth teams in the, in the state or just, you know, even nationally that, you know, you got, you got these first or second graders working on, you know, I mean, like ball screen defenses and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's like, you know, that's not what they, obviously eventually they'll need to need to know that, but not in first or second grade work on pounding that ball as hard as they can into the ground and, you know, having that, having, having the form um, and the power to get the ball up to the basket and stuff like that too. But uh, always interesting. Yeah. You know, like I said, I've coached my son here for the last couple of years and number one is definitely patience, but uh, you know, the other things too, staying with fundamentals and, you know, being able to actually coach those is, is a mm -hmm. skill too. You know, how do you get that across to those, those youngsters? But um, yeah, that's good. Um, that's uh if we could turn back the hands of time here, um, as we usually do, where did you grow up? Uh, what was childhood like? And, you know, how did uh, athletics kind of play into or sports play into, you know, the elementary years or, or you know, your childhood overall? Uh, I grew up about 16 miles away from Algona in small town uh, Corwith, Iowa. I graduated from Corwith Wesley Laverne High School in 1999 um, and uh, uh grew up on a family farm and uh, my dad farmed um, for years and uh, you know that's kind of what brought me back to the area was um, I was a full-time school teacher and uh, um, at Vinton Shellsburg and um, you know basketball coach and stuff there and then you know an opportunity came up on the farm for me to come back so we me and my wife made that uh, you know transition of um, getting her a job back here and um and me moving back to, uh, to farm. And, uh, uh, so I've been doing that for the last, uh, 14 years farming full time. So, uh, uh, basketball is definitely a way that, uh, um, 
I have a little more freer time in the winter time, you know, to, to put towards that. Um, and, and it's been good. That's for sure. Well, awesome. Yeah. And as you kind of mentioned, uh, have the opportunity to listen to a few podcasts in the, in the combine or the tractor, uh, here and there. So, uh, we appreciate that, but, um, how about, um, as far as athletics go, um, as far as you, you know, like I said, um, you know, when you're growing up, uh, how did athletics kind of play into that childhood? You know, I played, you know, when you're part of a small school like Northwest Laverne, I played every sport, you know, in, in high school, football, uh, foot, football, basketball, golf, track, um, baseball. You know, I, I mean, I, I played everything. Um, you just had to, you know, when you're graduating classes like 25 people, there's not a lot. I mean, if you don't do everything, we're not going to have a very good team. So, you know, I. I loved playing sports all through high school and, um, and into college. I, I just loved uh, always being around sports and playing. And, uh, you know, we were lucky to have some, some, some pretty good teams at Corwith and basketball. Basketball has always been my favorite. We were able to win a conference championship in 98. And so that was fun. And, you know, against some real good players in, in our conference, you know, when I was, it, when I was in school, you were dealing with, uh, you know, Andy Jansen from Bancroft that was ended up playing for the Hawkeyes for uh, uh, baseball and Dallas Clark uh, at Twin River Valley went against him in every single sport all the way through uh, uh, and uh, uh, tremendous couple athletes there that you got to go against all the time. So that, uh, you know, it was a fun area to play sports. I've always just really enjoyed playing every sport, really. So how big was your uh, graduating class? I think mine was 25 or 26, one of the two. Yeah. Okay. I, I was going to say, and I know obviously Corvus West Laverne, the school is no longer open. Um, yeah. Because I, I want to say, I remember hearing it like getting down to like nine kids in a class or something crazy before it, it closed the doors. But um, so of the, those 25 can you remember, was it, what was the like girl to boy ratio? Was it about 50, 50? I think it was a, in our class, it was about 50, 50. Yeah. I think it was about half and half. So, um, you know, it just depended on what, what class some, some classes had more boys and girls, but I think mine was pretty much 50, 50. I think we had, you know, 12 or 13 boys in our class, you know, and I'd say 90% of them played every sport, you know, I mean, we uh, just, we uh, just did. I mean, there's a big sports community and uh you know we just all played sports together just went from one sport to the other all the way through it's that's crazy to think about fielding some of those teams when you know your class you have maybe you know 12 to 9 boys to choose from and you're assuming that they all want to play baseball because <laughs> otherwise <laughs> you know like that's just yeah. it's just wild to think about but uh uh also has to be um you know, something that you kind of rally around and, and be something that, you know, you and those guys that you played with had to, uh, had to, I would imagine, form really good relationships. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I've always been, you know, from growing up a small town guy that, uh, you know, small school, you know, Garrigan is also a small school, you know, being a one, a school that, uh, you know, I've always just kind of liked, um, the relationships, you know, you build in a smaller school, everybody knows everybody, everybody knows everyone's parent, you know, I mean, it's just kind of cool, you know, all the junior high kids and by name and the elementary kids by name, and you don't, you don't have to think too hard of that, you know, a few bigger schools, you know, you don't, you don't know everybody, you know, I mean, uh, even when I coached at Vinton, I mean, I, there'd be some 
fifth and sixth graders, I wouldn't even know who their names are. And you can't walk through the halls here at Garrigan or at Corwith without pretty much knowing everybody. Yeah, there's a, a uniqueness about small town, especially, you know, a size of town like 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 that. Um, well, you, meant, you mentioned me in Dallas Clark there. Um, obviously, stud, um, you know, tight end at Iowa in the NFL. Um, evaluate his basketball game for us. Best sport he had. His best sport was basketball. It wasn't in, in high school. He in high school, I think his senior year, he averaged 30 a game. I mean, he was dunking over the rim, you know, his senior year in high school. Uh, I mean, I think his football team went like one and one and eight and he was the high school quarterback. You know, they weren't overly talented uh, in high school and he was the quarterback all the years, but by far everything I, you know, playing Dallas in basketball and, and watching him hurdles and track. He was an unbelievable 400 hurdle guy too. And, uh, but basketball, I think is, his by far best sport. He was, he was real tough. <laughs> That's interesting. That's interesting. Cause yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of times with those, I mean, specialty players on the football side, tight ends, wide receivers, running backs, you know, they're just overall athletes. Um, and it's, uh, you know, I always wonder kind of, you know, what, what caused them to choose the sport they chose? You know, like you said, basketball is, you know, was best, was football's favorite, um, you know, what that looked like. But that's interesting to hear too. I've heard he was, he was an absolute stud on the, on the hardwood as well. Um, well, awesome. Uh, you know, you mentioned that, 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 I mean, you know, basketball was kind of, you know, something that you, you know, was maybe, I guess, a favorite sport on, on, on your and stuff like that. Some of um, the successes that you had, um, you know, when you, when you're going through high school, you know, we talk about all the time on the podcast, you have the guys you've grown up with um, and stuff like that, that you get to play with. And in a small town, it's, it's a, it's a little bit out of the ordinary because you're playing every single sport with these guys. You know, you don't just have to play or you don't just get to play basketball with, with 11 or 12 of the guys you grew up with, you know, you get to play football with them too. Um, with other sports, you know, what was that like, you know, kind of the camaraderie, uh, you had, uh, with the guys you grew up with and stuff like that. Um, on the football field, you mentioned track and golf and, and and baseball and stuff like that. What was that camaraderie like to you? You know, it was just fun going from sport to sport, you know, usually the, you know, you play with the same exact guys that in each sport all the way through. And, you know, as soon as that one would get over it, okay, we're on to the next one and, uh, you know, on to the next one, but it was the same guys, you know, I mean, the same, I mean, 90% of all the guys, 95% were the same guys that played football, the same guys that played basketball, same guys that ran track, played golf. I mean, every, everything was the same, you know, it was the same group of guys. So you spent a lot of time with that same group, you know, you just didn't have, you know, we didn't have anybody in the whole school that just played basketball, you know, they did everything else. So we didn't have anyone that specialized or anything like that. It was just go from next sport to next sport, which is fun. What was your right. guys' home course uh, for golf? Uh, Hillside, okay. which is right outside of Wesley. Hillside Golf Course was our home course. Yep. And is Hillside, is that, it's still open, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. That's awesome. Yeah. Nice little nine hole track there. Uh, uh, still a member there. And, uh, and I still play that uh, uh, quite a bit during the year. So yeah, nice little nine hole track outside of Wesley. Yeah. That's, that's funny. I've, I've seen this sign obviously a thousand times um, for, for the turnoff for it, but I've, uh, mm -hmm. 
never made my way that way. I definitely, uh, definitely should put that on the list. I'll at least check it out once. Yeah. Awesome. Um, well, uh, one question about, you know, just more specifically basketball, you know, we all know what the AAU circuit is like now. Um, what was it like back then? You know, were there, you know, uh, were you on any AAU squads? Was there anybody around on any AAU squads? Was it even a thing back then? You know, I know that at least when Brian and I were in high school, there was Martin brothers. Um, and, you know, honestly, maybe one more, but that was, that was the main one. And now, you know, especially here, here in, here in central Iowa, where, you know, you have one every one AU team every other mile if you if you drive down certain roads. Um, what was that like back then? You know, there wasn't AAU squads. You know, we had taken groups of players. You know, we'd get some of the best players in the area, and we just put a squad together and you know go play uh, in a tournament or something like that. And uh, that was kind of AAU. You know, uh, more three on three. You know, the Gus Mackers, the you know you have different tournaments that a lot of three on three that we played uh, and entered into every, it felt like when I was in high school, every town during their days had like a three on three basketball tournament and you'd get two of your buddies or three of your buddies together and be like, let's enter that basketball tournament. And uh, uh, we go play in that tournament. And and, I mean, you would play all day in that town tournament uh, and it'd be a hundred degrees outside playing on outside (laughs) courts. And, uh, things get competitive and you know we did a lot of them different town it used to be big three on three at every town event that having that tournament so we bounced around doing that we uh, there wasn't a lot of AAU when I was in in high school you know and nor would we have had really much time to do it because when you're out for every sport and uh, doing it there was no pick and choose and work on this you know I mean we we were already in another sport to never even think about playing another, you know, being able to play something year round. So, but I remember playing a lot of three on three town tournaments that really got competitive and uh, uh, a lot of trash talking from town to town, you know, with uh, our rival schools and they'd have their three best players and we'd have our three best players and uh, doing that was a lot of fun. I tell you what though, those, those Gus Mack, I don't talk a lot of trash when I play, or I, I didn't when I did play, but those Gus Macker tournaments were, uh, I mean, there were some of the best trash talkers that I've ever heard in those oh, Gus Macker tournaments. They were, they without were, they were doubt. good. That's, they were nice. <laughs> that, things got really aggressive fast. That's for sure. Uh, Coral with CWL was always a, a, a nice host for a school ball tournament too. Um, Back in the day, we made several trips over to uh, to to Corwith's because you would bring, like Newman would come over. Obviously, Algona Algona Garrigan was usually there. Garner would usually come. I mean, there was it was always um, you know you would kind of it was kind of a meet in the middle uh, there in, in kind of the north central Iowa, and uh, you had the two courts running with the stage on one end, and so we uh, played played a lot of games over there. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We. We always used to have a summer league going and, uh, you know, a preseason shootout. And there'd be a, you know, in the summertime, we'd have, like you said, four or five area teams come over. And it was kind of a meet in the middle place and, you know, go that, that cross court. And there'd been a lot of games in there. So, uh, unfortunately, uh, that gym's not still open because I shot a lot of shots in that gym. And uh, I remember had a lot of good memories playing basketball in that gym. That's for sure. 
that was and that was one of those shooters gyms i mean you walk into that and it was a little dark it was a little uh um dingy just the perfect shooters gym that's like that's what you look for is that this is a school there at all or have they have they tore that down now no they have torn it down they they've torn it down the school's not there anymore um so nope that's that's not there anymore they still in laverne there is still an elementary school that uh uh they've kind of co-opt with Algona Public and they still have an Algona uh, or a elementary school in Laverne, but uh, nothing in Corth or Wesley anymore as far as schools. Uh, um, so unfortunately, you, you don't get to go back or take your kids back to, uh, you know, where you used to shoot and stuff like that and show them around uh, because that's they're not there anymore. Yeah, that's too, uh, it's too bad. Obviously never, never like to see those, um, school shut down and it's never good for the community, but uh, obviously uh, life happens and we just uh, keep, keep chugging forward. That's for sure. So um, once, once graduation came along, then what was, uh, what was the plan? It was, uh, um, I know you said you um, became a teacher. And so where, where did you go to school after high school and what did that look like for you? Uh, I went to Nyack for two years, right out of high school. I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. Um, so if you uh, went to Nyack, uh, uh, did a little uh, uh, football at Nyack and, uh, and, you know, got really big into, um, you know, it, it's hard when you're just a 6'2 guy with not a lot of vertical to play much basketball in college. So, uh, you know, I, I really got into the intramural game and, and played a lot of uh, intramural basketball in, in college, but went two years at Nyack and then uh, moved on and went to uh, University of Northern Iowa, where I graduated with my teaching degree from uh, UNI, and um, had a really, re really fun time at UNI, and uh, really, really a, a good school if you're going to be a teacher to be at, that's for sure. Yeah, Cedar Falls is the greatest. That's for yeah, sure. it is. Um, so uh, I guess after those four years, um, when did uh, the coaching bug kind of hit you? Was that before college? Was that you know during during school, or was it you know talk to talk to plenty of people who you know hey I'm a teacher you know might as well coach. Um, when when did that coaching bug hit you? You know it it hit me kind of my sophomore year at uh, Nyack. Um, uh, I ended up, I remember reading in the paper and, uh, uh, and seeing, uh, a junior high boys opening open at Mason city Newman. And I'm like, you know what, that'd be kind of fun. And I remember having, a one of, one of the classes I was taking was, uh, in, uh, a sports management class that I was in and, uh, Gary Christensen was teaching it, uh, who's a hall of fame coach and, uh, um, and, uh, referee and umpire from Mason City Newman. And I had talked to him about it and he said, yeah, why don't you go apply for that? That'd be a good gig to get into. And I was a junior high boys coach in the year 2000 of um, Mason City Newman. And then I ended up in 2001 going down to, or transferring to uh, UNI. And I really liked that year. Well, I was looking for jobs around the Cedar Falls area that uh, to jump on as an assistant coach or a junior high coach, just something you can make a little extra money while I'm still in college and balance that schedule out. And there really wasn't a lot open. And I found uh, one at uh, Jessup and uh, over in Jessup, I was the assistant and it was a girl's job. And, you know, when you're 
in college, you know, I never thought about coaching girls, you know, I mean, I never, you know, uh, until that was the only job open. So I'm like, you know, I'll take the assistant girls job at Jessup. So I drove that, what, 22 miles back and forth uh, a lot of times. So I ended up staying at Jessup and being the assistant coach for four years there while I finished up my schooling and uh, student teaching and everything. So, um, and then after uh, in 2005, uh, the Mitten Shellsburg job came open with a teaching opening with it too. So uh, um, I was the head girls basketball at Mitten Shellsburg from 2005 to 2009 um, for four years there and uh, had a really good time. And, uh, uh, you know, you took over for a legend. If you know girls basketball in Iowa, you know the name Harold Shepard, who had been to many state tournaments and won state championships and to, uh, to take over as a, a, a guy in his twenties for a legend like that uh, isn't the easiest thing to do, you know? And uh, um, so was at Vinton for four years and uh, had some good teams there. And then, like I said, in 2009, when some uh, farming opportunity came back home, uh, I gave that up, moved back home, um, was looking for head coaching jobs in this area. Couldn't find one. Um, so I, you know, I talked to uh, Algona High's then coach, uh, Brad Sudall, and had some good teams there. Um, and, and I jumped on as a volunteer assistant for two years on his staff uh, um, in 2009, 2010. And then, you know, in 2011, the Garrigan job came open. And, uh, you know, this was my what 12th going to be 13th year here at Garrigan. So, uh, um, uh, quite a lot of years, what is it? 20, 23, 24 years in, in the game here. So, uh, um, but, uh, that's kind of the path that it take me anyway. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one too, though. It, it, so going through from, from Jessup, obviously, you know, kind of bouncing around and, um, I imagine kind of trying to be a sponge and learn as much as you can from the new men to the Jessup position. Uh, what do you remember about that first year as being a head coach, the difference between being an assistant and now, Hey, this is your program. Was there a moment where you were like, Oh man, uh, that, that's one thing I, I, I either didn't think about or overthought or what was the moment or two where you were like, okay, this, this is for real. I got to, you know, either prepare a little bit better or I got to anticipate things more. Well, you know, I remember going from an assistant, which, I mean, I really loved being an assistant to that first head job. And, you know, I think most people that are an assistant um, want to strive to be a head coach maybe someday, whether, you know, how many years that is down the road or whatever, you know, I always kind of wanted to be a head varsity coach and, uh, you know, and that Jessup, I talked all the time. I had two great coaches I worked with, with Tim Kelly and Jim Gillespie at Jessup that, you know, I was always uh, asking them about, you know, what it takes to be a head coach and, you know, but then when you get that job, you don't, uh, your first head job, you go from, I feel when you're an assistant, everybody, you know, you've got a good gig, you get to coach basketball, and then nobody points a finger at you if something goes wrong. You know, the assistant coach is the most popular guy on everyone's staff every year because, it, you know, they're, they're not making, until jumping into that role of, okay, now I'm in charge of parent meetings, I'm in charge of, 
you know, organizing practices, you know, rather than just kind of showing up as an assistant, going it with the flow, listening to the head coach. Now I got to have all this organized. You know, I remember just spending so much time getting practice plans ready that I didn't understand how much time it took, you know, and here I am still 20 years later, sitting here, getting ready for practice plans and to, for, for, for tomorrow's practice. And, uh, you know, just the amount of time that it, that it takes being the head coach is just unreal. The amount of hours that everybody, if you're a head coach puts in during the season is, is pretty crazy. If you break it down, that's for sure. Well, and then the amount of hats that you have to wear as well. I mean, it's something where, you know, you're answering, you're talking to the press, like you said, the parent meetings, you know, making sure off-season workouts are in place. If you got to order new uniforms, if, I mean, it's just like, there are times I know, and it was this way for me when you're, you're a head coach and you're doing everything but coaching basketball, you're like, you know what, maybe being an assistant and just get a coach basketball wouldn't be so bad. Absolutely. I've said that before, you know, I, you know, everyone wants to be a head coach until you're in the position. I mean, I, so I had some great memories being an assistant coach, you know, it, it, the pressure's off of you. You just get to kind of show up and you coach basketball and you get to go home and kind of shut the brain off of it. You know, now it's, uh, you know, a never ending thing that goes through your brain 24 hours a day and uh, hard to sleep at night to shut it off because you're thinking about what went well in practice or, what didn't go well and how do we fix this? And it just never shuts off during the basketball season. That's for sure. Or what you have to do to like, do we get the stats for that game? Do I get the video uploaded? Do we, I mean, you just have, there's just so much going on. And I, I know most of our listeners are able to relate to that, but uh, so over your career, there's a, a lot that has changed. A lot has changed within the game. Um, the way in which that, you know, we play the game, the way in which that, the game is officiated, the game, the way in which the players prep and prepare. And so putting you on the spot here a little bit, what's one thing that uh, maybe you were, you were in full belief of is the right way or the best way to do something that uh, you've now maybe changed or uh, as the, as things have changed throughout the game, like your, your thought um, on it has changed a little bit in, in your 20 plus years of, of coaching basketball. Uh, not every team is for sure the same. I mean, I, I think you can have an offense, a defensive philosophy. You can have the sets that you run, but it is not going to work with every team. So, you know, it's, it's year in, year out, putting the right uh, plan in for this team, you know, and, and we, we return um, our big three from last year and, in no way can we just go in and do exactly what we did last year and expect the same result, you know, and, and I've talked a lot about this with my coaches is um, we have to, if we, we have to make some changes in the way we approach daily practices um, to keep it, uh, you know, new and fresh, we have got to make sure that we are nitpicking on the little things um, and developing new ideas that we didn't do last year. I don't want to be the same team as we were last year. That's not my goal. Uh, obviously, the ending goal is the same. But if we think that everything we did last year was the right thing and it's going to work out just that way, that's how you're going to get beat. You know, so we're, I'm trying to throw 
you know, a new break into our offense that we haven't ran before, you know, uh, we're going to defend the ball screen a little differently than we did last year, you know, just to, uh, um, with new players each year and new, uh, new personnel and, uh, uh, you know, experience mixed with youth. Uh, um, I'm really just trying to find ways right now of, uh, um, of just putting some fresh things to an experienced team. Um, I've never been a guy that just runs the same offense all the time, or I, I never go into the season and be like, we're a zone team. We're a man team. I guess I want it to fit my team. You know, I, it, yeah, um, I've had some really good defensive teams that, uh, you know, I love playing man to man for a long time. And, you know, we've had a couple of years that zone has been our best option. And then, you know, you look at last year, we switched a quick Christmas break. We went zone the first half of the season and we ran 90% man after Christmas break because um, teams were figuring out how to bust our zone down. We were giving up easies and, uh, and, um, but I, I would say just making sure that uh, you adapt to your team each year. You know, I, I don't, I, I've just never been able to just, this is what we do. This is what we run. It's going to work. That, that philosophy is, is tough to do when it's not for every team, you know, you can press and want to press and want to run and stuff like that, but you don't have very fast athletes. Uh, that's going to be a tough system to, to, to guarantee that is in place, you know, that's uh, that's refreshing to hear because I feel like oftentimes, you know, we want our players to come in and be coachable and be open minded. And, you know, we're trying to navigate that the best that we can. But then oftentimes the coaches aren't open minded to change and to doing things differently. And so uh, there's definitely there's definitely a fine line between consistency, uh, you know, and having your core principles at your program. Uh, you kind of know what to expect, you know, from youth program all the way up to the high school level. There's similar things that we're going to kind of do or a philosophy in which we're going to stand behind. But like you said, at the high school level, like you have to change, you have to adapt. There has to be adjustments um, in which that you're made throughout. Uh, like you said, otherwise it's going to, it's going to get stale or in today's world. I mean, coaches are going to find ways to, um, to attack that and expose some of those weaknesses. And so, you know, if, if, if you're not, uh, if you're not growing, you're, you're going the wrong, you're going the opposite direction. And so um, that, that's, that's awesome to hear. So you uh, took the, took over the job in 2011. Um, what was the first order of business uh, after you went ahead and accepted the job uh, there at Garrigan? What, uh, what was a couple of the first couple of things you wanted to do now being back in the head chair and having your own program? Uh, you know, the first thing was make, get the youth program going. That was absolutely number one. We had to make sure that there was a uh, third or fourth grade team through eighth grade team that, that were practicing, playing in youth weekend tournaments. And, and we had um, that in place. And uh, that was the first thing I did was make sure I went to every, I remember going to every single classroom and meeting with the girls. And after I picked a fourth grade on one day, fifth grade the next day, and just, you know, give them, giving them a pump up basketball talk and getting all of their names and parents numbers and making phone calls of who's willing to help out in this grade. And uh, I remember going to all them youth practices the first couple of years and just maybe showing, you know, this is what, you know, some good drills. I remember making copies of, uh, you know, different youth stuff. And so that was the first thing I did was just try to make sure 
um, that the youth program was in place and we had kids excited wanting to be a part of basketball at Garrigan, you know, they, um, and uh, so once we got that going, you know, then I could worry about my varsity team or my high school team at that point, you know, and, uh, um, but the, the, getting that going at Garrigan was a, was a big thing for us for sure. The first year is always a memorable one for coaches. Uh, what do you remember about that 2011-2012 season? Oh, just had a really fun team. You know, we were picked, I think, you know, sixth or seventh in the league coming in. You know, we had graduated, the team had graduated some really good players with, you know, uh, uh, Chelsea Dawn. And, and I was inheriting a team that uh, wasn't picked that high, but uh, we had some good pieces coming back. You know, uh, Emily Bell had a tremendous year for us that year. I mean, uh, went on just a tear shooting like 40% from the three-point arc. And, uh, you know, we ended up getting beat. Uh, and it, uh, we ended up getting third in the conference that year and, and really made big strides. And then we ended up getting beat in the regional semifinal in overtime to the number two ranked team in the state, uh, 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 Lamar's Galen that year. And uh, um, I remember just uh, really, really uh, happy the way the team bought into what we did. You know, we made um, basketball a priority during the season. Um, and, and we made, a, I don't know if it had always been that, that way, I, I wasn't around it, but uh, they had had a few struggle years when I was um, an assistant at Algona High, and I knew I just wanted to change the culture to get kids excited about basketball and make it meaningful. And, uh, you know, that first team did a lot, uh, you know, in 2011 to, to be able to build it because we got excitement. We were winning some games. We were, you know, shooting the three, making it. And, uh, that you know, we were getting some more people in the gym in the old Friedman Auditorium. and. Uh, and uh, it was a lot of good first year uh, to be uh, picked low and end up making a nice run late in the season was a lot of fun. So 2011 now, was this the NCC? Was this the North Central Conference still? Yeah, yeah, this was the NCC. Yeah, the first, uh, I think four or five years we were in the NCC when I was back. So, you know, we were the small school in a big school league, you know, uh, and uh the, uh, in a tough league, you know, then it was really tough. Some of the good teams, you, you know, at that time, Algona High had a really good, talented team, and St. Ed's were real tough every single year, and uh, um, Hampton always had some nice teams. So, yeah, the, the NCC was, uh, in those days, really tough, really tough girls basketball and boys basketball. I uh, saw a lot of great players in, in that league that during that time. I feel I think the obviously I'm biased because the NCC is the league I played in, but I I feel like with those two A schools, you know, so the the Garrigans and St. Ed's of the world, um, playing in a predominant again going back to my three A conference, uh, really kind of just helped those schools though come tournament time though because you know you're used to playing against the the higher levels of of competition, and so now all of a sudden you get uh, into your district play, and uh, it, it feels like you know, those, those schools had an advantage getting into the postseason. Yeah, without a doubt, you know, we didn't have to go, you know, when you, we didn't have to go out and get like some of the non-conference games that I'm getting now, 
You know, we didn't have to go travel up and play Hopkins and Providence Academy and Dyke New Hartford and Newell Fonda. We didn't have to. We were in a gauntlet at that time uh, every single Tuesday and Friday night in our league playing, you know, teams 3A, 4A all the time. So um, we were kind of at that point, I remember, all right, who can we get in a non-conference that we've got a good chance of winning some ball games? <laughs> right. Because, um, you know, we're sitting at Christmas with four wins and I'm like, gosh, I need to pick somebody up that I can beat, you know, uh, but yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was the NCC back in the day there was, was unbelievably tough with boys and girls and players were just crazy good all over the place. Yeah, that uh, definitely, definitely helps as you move through. And so uh, going along, I know we mentioned it earlier. Um, how big for the program do you think that uh, that uh, making state in 2018? Obviously, we, we kind of know the, what what is to come and in, in uh, didn't make it in 19, but 20, uh, 21 and 22. But uh from from the buildup from 2011 to getting people excited about girls basketball, excited to play, like you said, make it a priority. Um, you know, Garrigan for years had some some really good volleyball teams too, um, and so that was something too. That uh, hey, you know, volleyball is a wonderful sport and fun to play in the fall, but when winter comes around, it's time to play some basketball and let's get our athletes out. And so, how big how big do you think it was for you guys to have so much success? And um, it was that did you guys play at BV? Where did because you hit the shot right to to yep. be able to? I know we talked about it earlier to to make it to state, but how big do you think that was for the the Garrigan girls program to be able to see that success? You know, it was big. We had an outstanding group of uh, seniors that year. You know, a, a group of seniors that. Uh, you know, I still very much keep in contact to this day with, and it was, it was a fun group that, uh, you know, when they, when I took the job, they were, um, they were in uh, sixth and fifth grade. And I remember that class coming all the way through. And, you know, a lot of them players, we had, you know, Jenna Bolter started for me as a freshman and is the all-time three-point leader in Garrigan history. And, uh, you know, just a group that, uh, really put a lot of time in to basketball, you know, year round. Um, they loved it from, you know, from fifth grade on up. And uh, it, it was a group of, uh, you know, eight girls that just really sold out to it year round. And, and for them, you know, to, to, ta to finish it off with being able to make it to the state tournament to, as an underdog and, you know, that game at BV, you know, I'll never forget, you know, that one of the most fun wins I've ever had as a coach was being the underdog and hitting that buzzer shot. I remember us getting, you know, to lead up to that buzzer shot. I remember coming into the timeout with three seconds left and uh, Jenna Bolter coming over to me and says, just give me the ball. I promise I'll make it. And uh, inbound of the ball. And she went step back from about 32 feet, nothing but buried the bottom of the net. And then that just, that was to put it into overtime and that momentum just switched because, uh, and we took care of business in overtime, but uh, you know, that was uh, probably one of my memorable games, that class, that 2018 class, there is no doubt in my mind, even when they were in junior high and in high school, that class got Garrigan really excited about basketball. I mean, that 
that class, you know, if they weren't in the gym, they'd be going to youth practices, helping out with our young players. They were, they were a face of um, getting us really to be competitive and uh, to reward them with a state trip that year was, was a lot of fun. Well, and I would imagine there's two girls that were probably paying close attention. Um, that would have been, let's see. So then they would have been seventh graders. So Molly yeah. and Molly and Adi obviously is yeah. uh, where I'm going with this one. Um, and paying attention and obviously, you know, being committed to basketball and, and knowing that, hey, this is going to kind of be my thing. Um, and then, as I mentioned, obviously uh, didn't make it the 19 year, but then Adi and Molly come in as freshmen, um, super talented girls. Obviously, I would assume most of the state has, has knows who these two are by, by this point. I would assume our listeners do as well. But uh, what's it been like having the opportunity to coach those, those two for three years, now coming on four? Um, what, what have been some of the, uh, obviously, the joys uh, of, of coaching that talent, but also some of the challenges that come with, with coaching high-end uh, talent like uh, Molly Joyce and Audie Crooks? You know, it's um, – they are unbelievable players, and they make me a better coach by the way they are as players. You know, everything that we do with our system and uh, what we're implementing and putting in year by year, I run it through them. You know, well, we sit down and have talks about, you know, what do we think of this? What do you think well, we need to do uh, differently? And, and, you know, when, when we come up with a different way to ball screen, I bounce it with their idea first. And, uh, you know, everyone says, well, you've got such great players, you know, it, it should be easy. It's not easy. It's not easy to make sure that, uh, we're putting them in positions to be successful and, and, and challenging them every single day. And uh, um, they are tremendous players, even better people. You know, uh, I mean, I can sit and have a conversation with them about basketball and break down what my thoughts are offensively, defensively. They'll give me their plugs. They're both players that will come up to me and say, coach, this isn't working. I don't like this put me through, we need to do more of this. And I appreciate that. And, and, and we, we talk all the time basketball, but uh, uh, I have been blessed and lucky to uh, be able to say I've coached Audie Crooks and Molly Joyce, uh, you know, along with a lot of other good players, but uh, you know, it's, it's been such a fun run with them and, uh, and they make you better as a coach. There's no doubt about that. Oh, absolutely. It definitely is a learning. It's constant learning, as, as you've alluded to several times already tonight. But um, it's also not uh, a two-on-two -two or a three-on-three -three tournament. Obviously, you know, it takes it takes five to begin with. And uh, sometimes, some nights, it takes ten. And so being able to have those other girls and kind of fill in um, and understand their role, obviously be, be the best in their role. How big of an emphasis is that for you and, and understanding or helping, you know, some of those under, other players understand that, uh, you know, Hey, Audie might go for 20, but if, if, if we are, if we don't get six rebounds from you, we're, we're in trouble. I would say there's no doubt that the reason we won a championship last year uh, obviously Molly and Audie are a huge reason of that. And they're very good. 
but they've been very good for the last two years that we have gotten second. I would say the reason we won a state, state title last year was because of our role players. Our role players were so good last year and were oak and knew where the ball needed to go when. They knew when to take the right shot. They were okay in some games of not scoring. They were okay, you know, you, you think about our tournament run. We had, you know, um, big plays out of a senior Emma Grand Jeanette back-to-back steals in the semis that that gave us a 10-point lead and make the other team call a timeout. Then uh, Meredith Tagus comes out in the title game and buries three threes in a row. She's hit probably 10 threes on the season and nails three in the title game to start us off. Uh, Zoe Montag off the bench hits three threes against North Lynn in the semis. Those role players and them being okay to understand who our best players are. You know, they understand Molly, Audie, Abby Capacious are our best offensive weapons. And it's not always the easiest as a player to be okay with. I know where the ball needs to go at this moment of time, and I'm okay with it. I'm okay with understanding that I'm open on a wing Maybe for a reason, how can I set up a Molly or an Audi or an Abby for a better shot? And we had a team that was so um, non-selfish last year that was okay with all of that. I never one time had had a team throughout the entire season. I never had one complaint about, you know, I'm never getting to shoot it. I'm, you know, it was always we're winning. I don't care. This is what it has to be, you know, and, and Molly and Audie are great players in that aspect of they're okay. As long as we're being successful on, they, they don't have to be the person either. You know, there's nobody more excited of uh, when Meredith Tiggis hit them threes than Molly and Audie, you know, taking some pressure off of what they've got to do by our role players stepping up. So, Without a doubt, winning the title this year, as good as Audie and Molly are, our role players had a main, main reason of why we won and the way they bought in this year. And uh, I'll add to that, too, that I think from watching, you know, the last three trips to the, the state championship, I think that that was probably the biggest difference with Molly and Audie as well, is the fact that obviously there's some maturity. You're going you're gonna to have that. They've obviously matured as players, um, but they also are more comfortable in their role. But with that also comes, you know, being able to rely on other people. I would imagine, um, you know, and when it's all said and done, we get an opportunity to chat with them. They would say, yeah, I, I felt an enormous amount of pressure because, you know, I'm the star and I'm supposed to make these plays. And you could, you could see some of that obviously against a team like Newell Fano, that's going to speed you up and wants to make you uncomfortable. Um, you, you can kind of start to let that as a, as a freshman in high school, it, we can all see how that's easy to get to your head. Um, you know, and last year, like you said, just being understanding that, Hey, I'm going to create opportunities for other girls on my team and they're going to execute. And they did, you know, coming out and hitting those threes and kind of being able to, to stay in control the entire time. Um, you know, bodes really well. And uh, again, whether it's like watching them, geez, these girls are freshmen or last year, just <clears throat> playing with compo- <clears throat> composure as juniors has to be super exciting for this year and to see what, uh, 
what those girls and what what your team's able to do um, this year. And so, what are, what are you excited about here moving forward? And uh, what ends up being a little bit of a, a bittersweet with a, a farewell tour um, with these girls that you've spent so much time um, extended seasons with? Uh, and so, 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 what is it that uh, you kind of got on the brain here moving into this final run with them? Uh, you know, just making sure, you know, we're mixing this year some some youth. We've got a nice freshman group coming in that uh, that have played a lot of basketball, and we're going to be mis- mixing some youth with uh, with a lot of experience, you know, and uh, um, I'm excited, you know, this year we might, out of all the years, have the best offensive team by the time it's said and done with that we've had at Garrigan. We've got couple freshmen coming in. We've got a sophomore and a junior that really put a ton of time in, in the off season that are really looking good in open gyms that, uh, uh, um, we're going to have a very good shooting team this year. Um, uh, of any kid, I think we're going to put five kids, six kids on the floor that all could hit five threes in a night. So, um, it's something we haven't had. It'll be a little different, you know, um, teams have been always been able to find our non-shooter and their Audi gets sandwiched and it's hard to get, uh, you know, her the ball at times, but uh, it'll be a little tougher for that. So I'm really looking forward to letting these, you know, Audis and Molly really uh, um, teach these young kids, you know, the right way to play. And, uh, and these young kids being excited of getting to play with such outstanding players like them. So it, it, it's, going to be a fun year by seeing how that brings that youth along to uh to what the experience we have so really looking forward to getting practice started tomorrow that's for sure uh one other thing too how how important is it to have a coaching staff um in which is bought in um helping you with your mission uh, and, and what you're you're trying to do and continue to help grow the success throughout the program. Yeah, you know, we've had the same coaching staff here um, at Garrigan uh, for uh, at least, I think, at least six or eight years. You know, the same Joe Bartolo, Mick Elbert have, have been with me, us, us three the whole time. And uh, yeah, so, you know, I coach Bartolo, uh, I, I gave him – I wanted some new transition drills that I wanted this week. And I don't even want to know what they are. I want to learn as they uh, get there as I see it too, you know? So I trust in him and bringing a new twist to practice. So, I mean, he, he he's going to demonstrate the drills for the team. I mean, he's going to run it and uh, it's going to be a new drill. We haven't ran before. I've got Coach Albert with three new shooting drills for the team to put in this week. I don't even know what they're yet, they, they are yet, you know. So, I mean, just given those guys, it's easy for me to uh, put them guys uh, into uh, – uh, I can trust that they're going to come up with some good drills. I, I can just put 20 minutes, Coach Albert, shooting drills for the team. He's going to have something ready. Bartolo, 20 minutes, three transition drills, and that's going to be ready. And then I can just sit back and evaluate players and watch players and not have to coach it. You know, I just let them take over that segment. And that's really good for me to just be able to sit back. Uh, I can individually talk to a player. I can go bounce around to different groups. 
I can, I can watch instead of having to be the guy explaining all the time. Um, those guys do a great job of being able to come up with new things uh, for that, uh, no matter what drill that is or what part of practice we need. Yeah, that's huge to be able to have trust in those guys that, uh, you know, lightens the load a little bit for you. Um, like you said, it allows you to do more things in practice and evaluate instead of always kind of worried about, hey, what's coming next and what do I need to do? And what do I need to prep for? And do I need to have cones ready and all that fun stuff? And so being able to sit back, especially early on to be able to evaluate, especially some of your young your young girls makes a huge difference. Um, so last one for me, but how, how big of an impact do you think it is? Um, you know, we talked a little bit earlier as far as a lot of teachers become coaches um, and Joe's not in the school either. So how big is it that uh, you're, you, and um, is Coach Albert in the school or do you have, how big is it that you guys are not there day to day or in the halls or seeing these girls or kind of knowing what's going on? Um, I feel like it could kind of go both ways. Um, having, having done that myself from, from teaching and the rigors and the day that comes with um, that to also being able to come in, you know, patients fresh and ready to go for practice as opposed to patients wore out. And now here we go for another hour and a half, two hour practice. And so uh, it kind of has its positives and negatives, but uh, how do you guys address that or feel about that situation? Yeah, none of the three of us are in the building. You know, uh, I'm, I'd say I'm in the building more than anything um, than the other two, just being a uh, uh, junior high athletic director and uh, I substitute teach in the wintertime. So I will sub teach. I actually enjoy getting into the classroom part and seeing the kids outside of, you know, coach calling me out on every little thing in basketball, you know, being able to take more of a, a, a relaxed approach with them in a, in a classroom or, to, to be around the players other than in the gym constantly on, on basketball. So I'm pretty visible in the winter um, around here. You know what? Uh, I usually come to the school, even on a non sub day at one in the afternoon, I'm in my office getting practice plans together. And my players know at one o'clock in the afternoon, coach is usually there in his office. If he's not there, if they need to talk to me, get, uh, you know, go over anything. Uh, I'm pretty, uh, I'm, I'm around quite a bit, uh, um, seeing them during the school day and stuff. That's what's lucky about being a farmer in the winter. You can kind of bounce your schedule around. Uh, I've, I've got time to break film down and, and, and get practice plans ready. Um, I mean, that's what I do all day. So, uh, uh, but I, I'm pretty, I'm around quite a bit during the school day. That's for sure. Yeah. It sounds like very accessible too, which is obviously something that is needed for the coaching staff and for the team. Um, you know, helps out with, with, you know, maybe not being, not being around on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, all day, but um, yeah, that definitely helps too. Um, well, coach, we are uh, obviously big supporters of the IBCA um, and I know you are too. Um, if we're, if you're talking with maybe a brand new coach, maybe a coach that, you know, hasn't be, um, hasn't become or haven't uh, tapped into the IBCA yet, what is kind of, you know, a sales pitch that, that, you know, you were talking about or what kind of benefits have you seen over the years um, being a part of the coaches association? You know, just networking with coaches, you know, I've, since I've been a part of the IBCA, probably the greatest thing is I get to meet coaches throughout the state and talk to them. Um, not even just from my area, you know, I've built some good relationships with a lot of coaches throughout the state that, I see in meetings, 
you know, uh, I've got a group that I, you know, bounce ideas off of. We've got an email chain that goes out, you know, that, you know, some, some of the best coaches in the state that, you know, you can bounce an idea off of, uh, I would say networking, you know, I, I've learned so much from, you know, some of the great coaches that, that uh, throughout the state that aren't even really from this area that uh, I network with. And um, um, that's the, I would say one of the biggest advantages of, I guess, being a part of the IBCA is they're so pro um, they have a mentor program where young coaches and, and, and uh, experienced coaches um, get together and they're able to bounce ideas. The mentor coach checks in with them, you know, every week and makes sure what's they've got some questions on, you know, how to deal with a parent problem. What will, you know, I'm really struggling in this area. And, and that's just a big thing that the IVCA does for, um, for coaches, because, you know, there's, there's only so many of us and, uh, everyone that loves it, there's always a, a good day and a bad day, you know, and uh, to be able to talk to some guys that has, has also had a bad day or you're really struggling shooting, what are some things that uh, you can bring to the team that's fresh and uh, like that, that uh, I do all the time during the season and, and, and really have fun networking and talking to other coaches and getting to know them. Yeah, you know, we've heard great things about that mentor program and, you know, there's just many, many great coaches in the state, many, many veteran coaches that, you know, as you mentioned, they've been there, they've done that. Um, and so to be able to, you know, have that email chain you have, be able to have a group that you can just reach out to and it doesn't even need to be about basketball, you know, Hey, having, I have a three game losing streak right now. You know, what, uh, what can we do to kind of lift the spirits of the team, whatever that looks like, you know, we've, We've heard great things about it. We think it's a great program, um, you know, along with the coaches association being a great group, a great association too. But um, well, Hey, uh, we've appreciated your time here, coach. We've loved learning a little bit more about you and uh, background and team coming up here. Uh, we like to end our episodes, as you probably know, uh, with a little section called rapid fire where Brian's going to hit you with some questions, some about hoops, some not, uh, and you just let us know what comes to the top of your head. Okay. Sounds great. All right, first one we always lead with. Favorite visiting gym or arena, not name Wells Fargo. Not name Wells Fargo. Well, it would probably take me back to uh, um, my high school days playing in Central Fenton Gym uh, when Central was a school. I remember it, it was like an old barn, and uh, um, I remember shooting a three from the corner and uh, you couldn't stand in the corner and shoot a three-point shot without being out of bounds. And the the barn roof used to come down, so you could hit the ceiling quite a bit. If you shot it in the corner, it'd be that low. You could hit the ceiling over at Central. So, so that, would, that would be one of my favorite gyms when I was in high school that I played in. Please tell me that gym's still there. Probably that not, gym, but... That gym is there. It's that a gym hole. Is there. It's like a, is it, is it a Quonset? Is it, yeah. does it have the rounded? Yeah. And it has, yeah, it has the rounded. Yep. yep absolutely. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to need the address to that one. Cause uh, next, next trip <laughs> up to the Spirit Lake area, I might need to make a detour there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, that was definitely a favorite one in high school. You know, as far as coaching wise, I love any gym that I can, that is packed. You know, I enjoy the Algona Garrigan game every year just because no matter who's the favorite it's a packed gym every every time right before christmas break we've got all the college kids home 
If it's a big game, it's standing room only, uh, whether it's at Garrigan, whether it's at Algona High. And I just, you know, anytime the gym's packed, it's, it's just such a fun atmosphere, that's for sure. Yeah, that's uh, many fond memories, obviously, for myself, too, of playing in that game. It is uh, a ton of fun. And like you said, throw the records out because uh, especially that Christmas one is always the is always the big one. Yeah. Um, do you have a game day routine or something that you have to do on uh, on game day? Um, I don't I wouldn't say I'm very superstitious or anything like that you know game day I always have a note card that I get ready that I you know I keep in my pocket uh you know if you've seen me coach during the games of you know um while I'm game planning I I put down you know I've got some last second shots drawn up onto there I've got uh you know some adjustments if the team is running a zone against us or whatever and what we're doing is not working I've got a few other things that I want to move to, you know, you get caught up in the game and the emotion of the game. And when things aren't working right, your brain gets scrambled sometimes. And, you know, I've had, I got tired of going and watching film and always being like, why did I not adjust to this? And instead now I can look down at my note card and, and be like, yes, that is what I need to do. And, uh, and so I guess my superstition, whether I use it in a game or not, is always having adjustments on the note card, a last second play. Um, we need a three point play out of a timeout thing. So I, I always have that written down with me uh, every game I go to. So I guess that would be my game day ri- ritual is get my note card ready. I like that. We uh, we might have to get a note card going for the pod because I feel like every time I go back and listen to it, it you it's completely different. Like, man, why didn't I ask this question? You know, it's because yeah, like when, yeah. like you said, when you're in the moment of it, uh, you, you sometimes forget. And so, um, but when you're sitting back and just listening, it makes it a lot easier. Uh, what's a favorite sports movie? Oh, I would say remember the Titans. Yes. Um, I really like remember the Titans. Obviously Hoosiers is a big basketball one. I loved, but you know, I really loved remember the Titans. So that's, that'd be one of my favorite ones. I like it. That uh, made its way on the pod several times. That's a good motivational one too. Um, so sitting out in the field, what what color do we got? We have a preference. We got green or red. What's what's the deal out in the field? I've got mostly green. Uh, I do have some red also, so a little mix. But uh, main main is John Deere that uh, that I run. So, but I have a little of both. That's for sure. Good, good deal. Um, best pizza in Algona, and then the best pizza in the state. Who? Well, best pizza in Algona is just not close. It's Premier. I mean, if you've yeah. had Premier pizza and their 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 uh, their cheese sticks, anybody that comes to the area and has cheese sticks from Premier, their pizzas, that's the best in Algona throughout the state. Boy, I don't know. I mean, we've got some good ones around here. Um, you know, I, one of my favorite around here is Flipside in Laverne is got a really good pizza place is uh, Flipside pizza in Laverne is really good. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, I, I like a deep dish. So anytime I can find a, like a Chicago style or like that is that I always like them thicker pizzas for sure. That's awesome. No, flip side. I'm going to have to, uh, gonna have you're going to check out one. flip side. Yeah, I promise you, you won't be disappointed. 
I like that. That that uh, sounds good. Um, who's your all-time starting five? All-time starting five. Oh uh, well, you'd have to look, lead it off with Michael Jordan. There's no doubt about that. I think he's the best player to ever play. No, nope. I'd go Jordan, Kobe. Um. Uh. Boy. Reggie kid. Miller, uh, okay. Reggie, uh, Hakeem Olajuwon, Ooh. and uh, uh, probably that four, depending on what style of game you want to play. But Timmy D is hard to go away from, you know. Tim Duncan. So That's... you know, from the time that I've watched basketball, that'd be my starting five. I think uh, you know, from the best players I've seen, obviously. Before my time, there was a lot of great players. You could say Wilt Chamberlain and stuff, but I didn't actually get to watch him play as I grew up and yep. stuff. So that'd be my five. That's that's what matters. That's, that's what we one. ask. It's your five too. Uh, it can be <laughs> can be whatever. We don't uh, don't have to put too much on it. Uh, all right. So you mentioned uh, mentioned Cedar Falls and the time that you spent over there. So anybody that uh, has ever spent any amount of time in Cedar Falls, we always ask this question. Uh, are you choosing peppers or mulligans? Peppers, peppers. Ooh. I'm going with peppers. Going with that grand it. slam basket. He, you're on uh, Adam's team. He's going. He's he's team peppers on that. So. <laughs> yep i I lived about uh, two or three blocks my junior senior year from peppers. So uh, I got to spend Ooh. a lot of time hanging out there. That's probably like a little dangerous. too much time hanging out there, but. Uh, <laughs> I'll go with the peppers out of those two. Heading over for Monday night wings for sure. Yep. That was, that was, uh, that was always the place to be on Monday night. That's for sure. Um, all right. Two more coach. We'll get you out of here. What's your, um, we talked a little bit about Hillside, but, uh, and maybe this is your answer, but what's your favorite, uh, golf course you've had the opportunity to play. Favorite golf course I've played. Um, you know, I've played Hilton Head Island over, uh, it, that was really cool, uh, over in South Carolina. That was, that was really cool. I played there. Um, you know, this area's got some good courses too. Spring Valley, Algona Country Club are both really, really nice courses for our small area like this. Uh, um, uh, but, uh, Brooks and, uh, Okaboji's good course, but I'd say Hilton Head Island, uh, Okay, uh, it was probably my favorite course I've played. Yeah, that would uh, that be sense. tough to, to, yeah, tough to beat. As much as uh, I'm a homer for I'll go to Country Club, I don't think it's as good as Hilton Head, that's for sure. Right, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, well, good. Uh, all right, Coach, last one. We'll get you out of here. Uh, what's the best thing about having the opportunity to be the head girls coach at Algona Garrigan? I would say, you know, uh, the players is the best part, you know, I, and the community of Algona is a really tight net community. Uh, you know, when I came back, you know, you, when you grow up near here, you know, I mean, I grew up in a farm of Corinth, Iowa that, you know, you came to Algona to cruise the loop on a Friday and Saturday night and, oh, yeah. uh, you know, to, uh, you know, to now coach in the town and, uh, you know, get to know, new people and same families that knew me when I was growing up, you know, is, is has been cool. I, you know, at Garrigan, I'd say it's the people that, uh, 
um, and the players that I've coached. I mean, just genuine, genuine good people around here and uh, players that um, Garrigan's got blessed with uh, a community of uh, parents and uh, players that uh, just want to improve. And uh, uh, they let me coach and, and, and do um, be hard on their player, their kids and uh, call their kids out on things. But uh, knowing that, uh, you know, it's for the best of them, but I'd say that, you know, the amount of neat relationships I've built with players and uh, as has been over the top, even more than what I could imagine, uh, you know, since I've been back here in Algona, that's for sure. No, that's great. Great answer, too. And, Coach, we appreciate you taking some time. Uh, we'll be following along. We're excited to to watch the title defense um, and see what uh, you guys are able to mix in there and what you're able to do. Really excited about that trip up to Minnesota, too. We'll be uh, following along with the journey. We appreciate you taking some time, sharing some insights with us, and uh, best of luck here this year as uh, practice gets started this week. All right. Thanks a lot, guys, for having me on. Keep up the good work. I need this uh, podcast to keep coming along because it gives me something to uh, do in that combine. So uh, get keep keeping them episodes going. I love it. We will do. We will do. Thanks, Coach. Uh, it was great talking to you. Great meeting you. Um, and as Brian said, looking forward to this year, this season. Best of luck this week on the first week of practice. All right. Thanks a lot.